Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Before I speak to you, I want to give you a couple impressions from the Holy Spirit. I was sitting up in the front with Pastor Eugene and Heidi and and, and John, I, I said, John, let's walk to the back. And I began to feel some things by the Holy Spirit. And um, I felt an unusual measure of God's presence. And you're going to come into an unusual period of sustained growth and blessing. Uh, people are going to come out of COVID from far and wide into this house. You'll see some traveling 40 to 50 miles. And um, God's going to fill this house with his presence and with people, and you're going to come in just to, and I, I tell you this by the Holy Spirit, uh, you'll see healings, blessings, people touched, and you'll prove to be an ongoing blessing to this city. Um, this city, this parish, this area, people will one day realize this is one of the crown jewels in Louisiana. You say that's impossible. I say nothing is impossible with God. God loves cities. God cares about cities. We're here for cities. Jesus wept over cities. The prophets in the Bible prophesied, and God is going to bless this parish. He's going to bless it. He's going to bless this church as a beacon of reconciliation, as a beacon of restoration, as a beacon of renewal. You watch and see. I I, I wish I could describe to you as I stood back there what I felt. Um, when I, 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 I'm privileged to be in many, many places around the world speaking. I count it a great privilege to be here. Holy Spirit, now we thank you for this service. I'm thanking you now for your word. Lord, by faith we believe, Lord, that everything seen was created out of that which was not seen by your word which began all the processes. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your word today. We thank you. We don't have to go up into heaven to bring you down or down into hell to bring you up. For the word of faith is near us, even in our hearts and in our mouths. Lord, you say, if we confess with our mouth that you're Lord and believe in our heart, you raise, we're saved. We thank you for the power of saving faith. We thank you that you never quit. Amen. Where do we find ourselves in America as the world seemingly continues to convulse? What about Delta? What about Omicron? Like, like, where are we, Pastor? Like, what is God up to? My first glimpse of the pandemic came in 2014 in Hawaii. It's recorded where I saw something from another country come and hotels closing and the economy. Slow. I had no idea what it was. My clearest glimpse next came in 2018, the last night of the year in my home church. I'm in a multi-ethnic church like Our Saviors, um, multi-ethnic. Uh, my site happens to be predominantly African-American. Incredible. I've been a part of that 25 years. And, and I always speak on the New Year's Eve service. It's our happy New Year's service. This would go down in history as the unhappy New Year's, but that's okay. Anyway, I was on the front row December 31st, 2018. This is recorded, shared, um, and I saw America shake. 
I saw New York shattered. I saw our economy broken. Um, sitting there, getting ready to preach, throwing out my Happy New Year's message. And as I sat there, literally, I was frightened. I've got a daughter and her husband in New York. I saw the country shake so bad that people began to cry out, is there any hope for us? Where's the government? What will happen? These things were all recorded. And, and, then, and, and then I heard people say, is this the depression? Is this a recession? What will happen to us? Like, who will save us? I saw the whole West Coast stand up and end and things just began to pour out of it. And uh, I have three grandchildren in California, I might add, in the Bay Area. And I, I did not know what to do. And I kept hearing this, this, this phrase over and over, 17 months, 17 months. And I began to, okay, and within 17 months, crisis is going to hit our nation at a scope I've never known. But then as I thought the whole country was going to slide into the Atlantic Ocean, I saw the hands of our Savior reach out and say, I'll catch you. I've got you. And next thing I knew, I was introduced to speak. And honestly, I was still stunned. You know, and, and I stood up to speak. And it was a pretty mature crowd, um, hundreds of, you know, pretty core people. And so I took some liberty and shared a bit. Then I said this, um, America's going to come into all this great shaking. In fact, uh, se- as, as the clock ticks down, calendar ticks to 17 months. We're going to come into a time of terrible ethnic pain and division in our country. I might add 17 months from then is when Mr. Floyd was killed. And I said, the country is going to just seem broken beyond repair. Uh, doomsayers are going to dominate the airwaves. The hearts of many will fail them. But if we as Bethel, or this multi-ethnic family, will rise and embrace Christ, he'll touch our city. I might add, what he did in our city was staggering. It's another story. So, And I went on to say this, that People are going to say it's over for America. It's done. There's no recovery. People are going to be afraid. But here's what God says. America will not end in lasting depression, lasting recession. America will not end in anarchy. America will end in a revival of God's spirit. And I'll touch this nation. Let's give God a hand. And you know, beloved, God is not surprised. You say, oh my gosh, our world is convulsing. I tell you, our world is contracting and revival will be birthed. A convulsion is pain without purpose. A contraction is pain with purpose. Something's going to be born. God's up to something. Some months later, I went up into the mountains to pray in May. And, you know, the Lord said, your America is going to get dangerous, Jim. You better be ready. I go, well, you know, is a hunter going to shoot me in Franklin? Like dangerous? What's that mean? The next morning out of China, I saw a river of death come. Mindless, merciless, went into every nation in the world killing I wrote in my journal to every nation it will go bringing death and woe. That was coronavirus. God's never surprised. But may I tell you, do not be afraid today. God has this. You say, are you afraid of Omicron? No, I'm not. I fear God. He's going to bring us through that. He is going to carry us through. I know many of you have suffered loss. I was one of my dearest pastor friends in Africa. He's buried in 67 funerals in his church. Listen, I was on the phone with the vice president of another nation some months ago as she wept and cried with no vaccines and people dying. The world's been shaken. God's still on the throne. What would he say with us today? I'm going to entitle this message, The Valley of Baraka, Releasing the Power of Praise and Thanksgiving. Um, Psalms 8.2 says, Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you've established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. God takes that which is innocent, that which is childlike, 
that which simply trusts to steal the voice of the enemy, to break his plans. One of the most interesting scriptures is 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, and 7. It's one of those things God commands that just doesn't make sense. Rejoice always. How many that's hard? Raise your hand. Rejoice always. Oh, give me a break. Pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean babble all the time. That means stay connected to God. And then give thanks in all circumstances. Right? My wife has cancer. I've got a dying son. I've been in all those places. I'm facing crisis. Why would I give thanks in all circumstances? Because this is the will of God in Christ. Why does God want you thankful today? Many of you are facing loss, facing pain, wondering, like, why should I be thankful? There's three reasons. Thankfulness is an act of worship, and no matter what you're facing, God is worthy of worship. Do you believe that? Why would he be? He sent his son to die for you, and you're going to heaven, not hell. That makes me thankful today. You say, well, that's pretty blunt. No, that's just true. If he does nothing else for me, but let me spend eternity, I'm thankful. But it's not just about his worship. It's about your wellness, because when you connect with God, healing flows into you. You see, why does worship make you feel better? Why do you feel better when you go to church? Well, it's because when we worship and connect with God, he touches us, he loves on us, his presence comes to us, and we know one of my friends, a brilliant psychologist, did a peer-reviewed study around the world on what happens when a monotheist is touched with God, and what happens is when the safe, loving touch of God comes on you, it affects your chemical balances, your oxytocin, your dopamine, your serotonin. These things are affected, your dopamine. One of my friends, one of the great young neuroscientists in the world today, an endowed chair at an Ivy League university, she told me, there's nothing better than worship to set your chemical balance, Pastor, because when God touches you, it changes your psychology. Even if your circumstance hasn't changed, you feel better. But it's not just about his worship. It's not just about your wellness. It is about the powerful release of our warring God to fight on our behalf. I want to take you to a story in Scripture. We'll stay in 2 Chronicles 20 the rest of the morning. I want to talk about a people living on the verge of a cataclysm. A people who were hours away from destruction of life as they knew it. A people where it just really seemed there's just no hope. After this, in 2 Chronicles 21 and 2, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Munites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar. That is in the English, in Gedi, in the Hebrew, it would be better pronounced in Jedi with a J sound. What's that mean? If I had a map of Israel, which I don't, they're coming from around behind the Dead Sea. They're around the tip. They're coming around the Red Sea. And when they get this news, they're probably a day or two's march from Jerusalem, a few days, 40, 50 miles away. It's a combined army of three nations. It's not a war. It's a military migration. They're going to ethnically cleanse them, slaughter them, enslave them and take their land. It's catastrophic. 
They have neither the military or the technology or the political power to stop it. They're done. You ever feel like you're done? Why do we feel that way? Because we, it's very hard when there's seemingly no natural help or hope to believe. Quite honestly, as a world, we feel like we've been living on the verge of cataclysm. We've been wondering, will this mutate next? Will it just turn into a killer and wipe us? Like, what's going to happen? How many of you know most of the news services are fear mongers? They make their money by making you afraid. And the more afraid you get, the more you look. How many of you ever found faith on a news service? Raise your hand. Have you ever just felt like, man, life is better reading that thing? Oh, no. Happiness doesn't sell. Fear does. That's why my news cycles, the good news of the Bible every morning and every evening. What's your news cycle? The Bible, God's word. Now, listen to me. They were done. How do you respond when there seems no natural help? The world is frightened. I'll never forget the first time at 30 years old, I was on the phone with arguably the second most powerful woman in America. You would know their names, household words. The president of that time, their best friends. We're praying together on the phone. I, I didn't know what I was doing. She said, listen, the president, my husband, they're Christian, but they're scared to death. They don't know what to do. Let's pray. And we prayed in tongues. The government's afraid. They don't know what to do. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you've just been hit over and over and over? God's not surprised. We're heading to revival. But what do you do? So Jehoshaphat was afraid. He set his face to seek the Lord. They fasted and they began to come together, gather the whole nation. And they prayed and fasted and they reminded God, here's what they said. They said, this temple we built, we built for a time like this. Because you told us if a plague comes or a famine comes or there's an invasion, if we gather at this building, we'll pray. May I tell you, this building's for such a time as this. We, we didn't just bring, build this building for you to meet. We built this building to meet with God. The God said, when you gather together in that which you built and you cry out in time of crisis, I will hear you. I'll help you. And I appreciate online. And many of you may see this online. I'm happy for it. But let me tell you, listen to me now. If it's about your health, I understand. If it's about your habit, come home. There's nothing like worshiping and being in the presence of God with his people. You don't have that same thing online. I love the message, but the presence of God is powerful. Come home. Come back to family. Come in his presence. Have your faith lifted. And this was their crisis. In 2 Chronicles 20, 12 and 13. Oh, our God. Will you not execute judgment? We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You ever feel powerless? Maybe because of your demography, your economics, your ethnicity. Quite honestly, there's not many people in America who don't feel powerless right now. Lord, we're powerless against what we're facing. 
Lord, we thank God for vaccines, masks, whatever that, but we feel powerless against this thing. We just feel powerless as we look at the news. And typically when people feel powerless, they grasp for power. When I feel powerless, I reach for the highest power. His name is God. I don't know what to do with my wife and the cancers they say is in her brain. I don't know what to do with my son. There's no answer and he's dying. But my eyes are on you. Look up right now. Put your eyes on him. Get your eyes off the news. Your eyes off your crisis. Just a moment. Your eyes off your pain. There's a greater power than Omicron, Budacron, Zipidon. Listen, God's greater than all those things. He's sovereign over the earth. He's powerful in all his ways. The Spirit of God came on a man named Jaziel. He was part of the Levitical worship team. And he began to prophesy. Thus says the Lord, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed at this great horde. Don't be dismayed by Omicron, economy, politics, brokenness in America, all the craziness. Don't be dismayed, for the battle is not yours. But God, may I tell you, if the battle is too big for you, that's a sign it's God's. My God, the battle's too big, I'll fight harder. No, the battle's too big because it's not yours, it's God's. If the battle is outsized you, it's God's, not yours. Do you understand me? I live there, I've been there, I just don't know, my eyes are on you. Tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning, church, go down against them. Walk out into a world afraid. Walk out into a world broken. Behold, they're coming. That's bad news. They're coming up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley. What's God saying? Walk right into the face of this and watch what I do. East of the wilderness of Jaruel. You're not going to need to fight this battle. Why? Because there's not much you can do. I mean... I can't just make COVID disappear, but I tell you now, it will be over. We're not still in the beginning. We're coming to the end. You'll see. You'll find them. You won't need to fight this battle here, but you will stand firm on my word. You will remember what I've promised. You'll hold your position in Christ. You'll stand on his word and you will see the salvation of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. Now, here's the crazy. The only thing that's changed is God says, I've got it. Would you ever like more specifics from God? Like, this is how I'm going to do it. Let me explain it to you. This is when the money's coming. <clears throat> it's going to be a, man, the Lord is, he's a little evasive sometimes. You ever known that? Like, I've got it. Well, how about spelling that out for me? What exactly do you got? Or better, how long is it going to take? since a day is like a thousand years with you. If we told you all that, it wouldn't take faith. So they begin to sing and praise. Let's give God a clap. Clap, let's praise him right now. I praise him, he's got this, you watch and see what he does. I praise him. And when they begin to, then they begin to sing, they begin to worship. They rose early in the morning, and when they'd taken counsel, 
Here was their plan. He called the worship team together. They go, the good news to my worship team is God is going to use you like never before. I am promoting you. The bad news is you're going first into this battle. You better sing like you've never sang. <laughs> after, after there were a few people that all of a sudden felt not called to be in the worship team, called in sick. You imagine your little armies facing a horde and between you and the end is praise. Between you and the end is thanksgiving. Between you and the end is worship. Between you and the end is touching God. That next morning, how many know that worship? They'd fasted, they'd sung. They're marching into a three-nation army to destroy them. And they're just, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you. And here, I'm gonna tell you this right now. And when they began to sing and praise, hear this word. The Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they were routed. The moment you worship, God goes to war. You may not see it. The moment you praise, God's power is released. The moment you see, the problem is, we are living in the gap between our praise and what it produces. He's at work, you just can't see it yet. He's moving, he's working, he's touching your child, your city, your wife, your husband, your business. When they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. That's a powerful word. It means a religious war broke out. This means to murder each other. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they destroyed one another. That meant why they thought they were walking to their death, God had already worked. You see, I want to help you be lifted today. I want to help you see what God sees. Now watch this. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. Beloved, listen to me. They thought they were walking to their doom. They were praising. They were worshiping. The minute you begin to worship, God goes to war. The minute you begin to thank him, he rises up. They got to the watchtower. Hear me now. They came to the end of this valley and they'd set up a watchtower there. Now in the Bible and in back in ancient times, they'd use watchtowers. We still use them today here right in Louisiana. Fire towers. like. And so basically, someone to have perspective, you've got to get high. Now, in the Bible, watchtowers are also a metaphor for prayer and worship and coming into God's presence. You know, it says there in Habakkuk, I, went, I climbed into my watchtower to see what God would say. Isaiah said, I went up to watch. When they came to the watchtower and they climbed up to a different altitude, they realized what they were fearing was already dead. Hear me now. Praise changes your altitude. Worship changes your altitude. You cannot see what God's doing on the ground right now, I'm sorry. The news cycle's blind. They're worse than we are. They're making money on blindness. 
Most of, most of those news cycles are propaganda one way or the other. I'm just sorry. It's just a fact of it. The Lord told me when he came, he said, beware of conspiracy theories. He told me two years ago. Don't call conspiracy what these people call conspiracy. Don't fear what they fear or you'll be snared too. You say, what do you fear, Jim? God. Why, why fear anything that can't send me to hell or heaven? I fear him. Hear the word of the Lord. Let praise take you up today. When they got to the watchtower and climbed up with God, they saw clearly. The moment they praised, that army was raised and destroyed. I sat in prayer. I saw the globe. Seemed fractured, fissured, torn, destroyed. Like a two-year-old had thrown it to the ground and glued it. God said, what do you say? I said, I see a broken, fractured world. He goes, you're blind, boy. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, those aren't fractures. Those aren't fissures. Those are furrows. The world's been plowed for revival. When you sow and when you go, my spirit will flow. The world is ripe for revival. This is not the end. This is the beginning of a new America. This is the beginning of a new planet. Can you see it with me? Can you praise today? Can you worship today? Can you give him a shout today? When you shout, your enemies turn about. When you praise, his spirit is raised. When you worship, he goes to war. He is a God. We've come to the Valley of Baraka. Now listen to me. The Bible says they got in there. It took them three days to collect the spoil, the money, the jewels. And they said they began to bless God in that place. In the Valley of Jarul, they renamed it that day, and they called it the Valley of Baraka, which means the Valley of Blessing. And it's been called that. May I tell you, either your pain is naming your valley or your praise is naming your valley. We are not in the valley of our end. We are not in the valley of doom. We are in the valley of blessing. And we will be blessed out of COVID, not destroyed. We'll be blessed out of this period, not destroyed. Our neighbors will be saved. Our families will be touched. God has never ceased. Let's bless him today. Let's bless him with a shout today. Bless him. Praise him. He's worthy of all your praise. Worthy of all your praise. Worthy of all your praise. We've come to the valley of praise. We've come to the valley of blessing. They praised all the way home. They got back and they praised again. They worshiped again. And our story ends with these lines. So the realm was quiet for God had given them rest all around. And the fear of God came on every other kingdom because God fought for them. Pastor, the battle's too big for me. It's because it's not yours. When people try to fight in their own strength a God-sized battle, they end up angry, afraid, and they fight in the flesh. Disciples had the same thing. They were afraid. They were anxious. Who was going to take Jesus? So they, they had their swords. And they were going to do by sword, which would do nothing in the end. You say, what do you know? I, I, I served an elite military unit, loved my country, shot expert with my, I appreciate all of it. But I'll tell you this by the Spirit.
Listen to me, beloved. We face a God-sized battle. And praise and thanksgiving releases him to fight for us. He's got this. None of this has surprised God. I'm going to share a story. I live a lot in airports, as you might imagine. The Lord says sometimes we entertain angels unaware. Atlanta Airport, and I was in the bathroom, reaching down to get a paper towel, and I saw a gigantic African-American hand reaching for the same towel. I thought, I'm going to give that to him. I said, brother, that's yours. He goes, oh, no, that's yours. He towered over everyone, 6'6", 6'7", and just, I've been in enough NFL and a high-level college program locker rooms to know he could have been happy, anyone would have been happy to have him. And I walked out, I felt the anointing on him, he felt it on me. And we knew immediately that there was a common faith. He towered over me. He said, look at me now. Look at me now. Don't act surprised anymore. Didn't God tell you this was going to happen? Didn't God tell you America would have to fall to this point for revival to come? Did you believe there were any other way it would happen? Don't act afraid. Don't act like you didn't know it. You knew we'd come here, and so is revival. Goodbye. He walked off and disappeared. That might well have been an angel. Came to tell me, don't be afraid. We stand on the cusp of an outpouring of God's spirit in this beloved parish and city. You say, how do you know I know? I stay hours in front of maps, praying, pondering, thinking. God's on the throne. He's powerful. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. God's not surprised. It's not the end of America. It's just a new beginning. Whenever we've had national crisis, his spirit has swept down on us. First great awakening, second great awakening, prayer revival, which some call the third great awakening. Before the Civil War, which battered our country, he poured out his spirit across the country. He met us before World War I. He met us after World War II. He poured out his spirit during the Vietnam era. Poured it out. He poured it out again. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Tell him, thank you. Say, blessed be the Lord. Pastor Eugene, blessed be the Lord. Say, Lord, I give you my battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. This is your battle.
Would you just stand with me for just a moment? And I, I just can we just you, you got to respond, right? You got to respond to a word like that. You, you just could we just take a minute or two and just the scripture says, "Let the fruit of our lips give Him praise." We're doing war right now. Can we just do that? Lift your hands to heaven. Just begin to tell Him, "Thank you." Out of the out of your mouth, just say, "Lord, we bless bless you. We praise you. We we magnify you. Glory to God." Thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord. Father, we need we need revival. Opelousas needs revival. Opelousas needs revival, Lord. St. Landry Parish, a revival. Send it, Lord. Send it, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you. We cast down the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for all that you're going to do. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you in advance. We just give you the praise, the glory, the honor. Come on, some of you aren't well because you ain't. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you. You got up today. Thank you, Lord, for the provision that we have. Thank you for your goodness on our life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. Would you say this with me? Say, so be it, Lord, according to your word. So be it, Lord, according to your word. So be it, Lord, according to your word. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No one leaving right now. Just just get five minutes. We're a little early. Just Would you just bow your head? Christians, I want you to begin to pray. You might be here today. And you can feel something different today. You feel it. And you may not know the Lord Jesus. Oh, you know about him. Uh, your, your mama told you the stories. But you've never had a relationship with him. You've been around him. But you don't know him. Jesus said you can't enter the kingdom or see the kingdom until you've been born again. You can't enter it. You can't even see it. He's here today. His spirit is here. He wanted you to know that he loves you. And he's here to forgive you of everything you've ever done. You can make it right with him today. And you go, Pastor Eugene, how do you do that? It's as easy as ABC. You admit that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This house is full of sinners. And I'm the chief. We've all sinned. And we're, only perfection gets to heaven. But you also got to be, believe that Jesus came. The reason why he came was to live a sinless life and to go to a cross and die for the sins of the world. In other words, he took Pastor Eugene's place. He said, I don't want Eugene to have to pay for his sin, so I'm going to pay for it for him. And he died. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And because he rose again means I don't have to die and stay dead either. I can rise again too. By putting my faith and trust in him. Not in me, but in him. And see, confess him as the Lord of your life. And if that's you today, every head bowed, every head closed. 
If that's you and go, I'm ready. I, I, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to start living for him instead of myself. I'm ready to get myself off the throne and put him on the throne and follow him. If that's you today, would you slip your hand up all over the room? I want to pray for you. Hold him up high. Don't be ashamed. Just hold it up high. I see your hands all over the place. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? This, this prayer is not magic. It doesn't. It is, this prayer doesn't do it. It's the cry of your heart, but I'll I'll lead you in a prayer. And would you just say this out loud? We'll join with you. Say, Heavenly Father, I confess I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me so I didn't have to die and that he rose from the dead so I can rise too. For giving me a purpose on earth and a home in heaven. I repent of my sins and I surrender to you. You're the Lord of my life. I'm going to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God all the praise?